Welcome to the Parented Podcast. I'm Michelle Gams. Join me as we explore the hardest job that you will ever love, parenting your child. Today we meet Kelly. She took a class with me 13 years ago. Now her children are 17 and 15. So we get to talk about teenagers. She's also parenting with kids who transition between her house and their dad's house. She has been through a fire and she has found peace. Listen in. Oh, that's brave. I think it's just, you get fractured and you should go, we have nowhere to go, but out. I got to help. I know it's have choices. Yeah, but it seems like so many women take that choice of fighting. Mm-hmm. Yes, men do. I don't know why that is. And I'm trying, and I can count four girlfriends of mine right now mm-hmm. that have been divorced for a long time. And two are still married and been unhappily married for a very long time. And they just keep at it. And it's like, what needs to happen for you to either stop the fighting or fix it or do something different? Mm -hmm. I don't get that at all. How have you done it? Therapy, a lot of therapy, a lot of reading. And the bottom line is... You have to stop blaming everybody else and stop, you know, oh, I'm so mad because he really, he made you angry or you're letting him make you angry. Mm-hmm. It's all perspective. Mm-hmm. And these women are just, it's everyone else's fault. And it's like, okay, you can continue to think it's everyone else's fault. And how is that working for you? Mm-hmm. You're as angry now as you were six years ago. I mean, Stop being angry and start looking at what you can do to not be angry. And then you can't change your ex-husband and you can't change a lot of things in life. And yeah, a lot of things that happen through divorce are really unfair. I've been screwed over so many times. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But okay, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You have to just, I mean, that title of the book, Loving What Is, I don't know. Loving's a bit of a stretch for me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> accepting it is the first step. Mm-hmm. And these women just don't get that. Mm-hmm. And men, too. I have a lot of guy friends that are just like, oh, my ex-wife. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Yeah. That's where all the, tar- the target is, the bullseye. It's the easiest way to project. Yes. Onto the ex. Yes. And I think, too, a lot of, like, if a lot of my girlfriends, they see how far I've come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they know how things were with Jim and they know how things are now. They're like, oh my God, you've come, you know, what are you doing? How are you working through this? What, you know? And I think the first step that a lot of people don't think about is if you're thinking about getting divorced with kids or even just randomly interested about getting divorced, you have to think about two things and really be convicted in these. And the one is not be concerned about the, the money and the stuff. Mm-hmm. My girlfriends are like, oh, I'm not having my husband. I want to get out. Oh my God, I have to go back to work and I wouldn't be able to play tennis anymore. I'm like, okay, you're clearly not ready for divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not there. Try and salvage your marriage. You know, refocus on what it is the problem is. And the other ones are, the other thing I think too is if you're concerned about being alone. Mm-hmm. And there are just two things that were black and white for me when I was ready to get divorced. One, I didn't, I didn't care if I lived in a cardboard box and drove a Pinto to work. I did not care. I didn't care if you took everything from me. Stuff and things meant zero. And if someone would have said, well, you know, you're such and such age, what do you, you know, you might be alone forever. Fine. 
I would rather be alone for the rest of my life to the day I die than be in another day of this unhappy marriage. And I think until you get to those two points, mm -hmm. you're not ready. Or you, there's something, there's some hope there and you should really work at it and refocus and try and make it work. Mm -hmm. Cause yes, I think I've come a long way and I've learned a lot about myself and I've gained a lot from the work I've done through the divorce, but you know, I'd rather have been able to figure out my crap before I got married originally and kept my marriage together. Mm -hmm. Ideally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a magic wand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But my counselor's like, I don't think you would have without this. I think it took this divorce for you to get where you needed to be. Mm -hmm. He's like, you were in counseling when your parents got divorced. You were in counseling in your twenties. You were in counseling before you got married. He's like, it took this for you to be able to really dig deep and see it. Your daughter really must, your daughter must um, be witnessing this sort of profoundly too, I would think, with you. Oh, she's, she's unbelievable. She really is. I mean, she'll come home and tell me stories. It's just, I look at her and I think, who is this kid? I mean, she, all of her teachers tell me, we cannot tell you how much we enjoy having him in class. She brings so much perspective to the class and she just gets it. And that's for me, I would rather hear that than, oh, she, you know, she, we don't hear much from her. She's kind of like she gets straight A's because mm -hmm. life isn't about getting straight A's. Life is about experiences and being tuned in and checked in and being the empathetic person and being that person that will call because you're going to get it when you're having troubles mm -hmm. and they're going to listen to you. And that's her. And she, she's just, she's a great kid. So, because I'll, we, we, you know, with that, her sophomore year, her GPA plummeted. Mm -hmm. She couldn't focus. All she, she cried all the time, mm -hmm. and it it hurt her grades. I mean, her grades are back up now. She's doing great. Mm -hmm. But I told her, so, Ava, when you get your application for college, I want you to write." And she's an amazing writer. She takes she's taken the SAT and the ACT, and she aces the written exam every time. Mm -hmm. Like she did the Huntington review and. You take it once, and then you go through the course, and you take it again. And on our very first initial test, the guy who reviews, he's like, I've never seen someone have that high grade on their initial written assessment. She's just a great writer. Mm -hmm. But I think that's come through her getting her voice and so mm -hmm. forth. And I said, Ava, when you go to apply to college, you have your essay. I said, write about why your grades, your sophomore year sucked. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, that's what colleges and, and employers and human beings want to know is what's your story? Yeah, you can study and get an A and, you know, get a tutor and push through and get an A, but what have you learned? Who are you? What are you going to contribute to, you know, what, what perspective are you going to bring that's unique to you? Mm -hmm. And she has that. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very proud of her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all, it's going well, despite the challenges, it's going well. You know, it's going well, but it's, it's. I look at dealing with, I think I look at it as everyone screwed up. <laughs> it's true. Mm -hmm. Everyone screwed up. Everyone has, has issues. Mm -hmm. Yours may be something different than mine. Mm -hmm. Katie's may be different than mine. All have issues. Yeah. It's a matter of degrees. People say, right. well, I came from a dysfunctional family and I say, that's everyone. Everyone. So it's just a matter of degrees. Yep. And people who say they have no, oh, I, I don't really, yeah. they're the, probably the most, that, the ones who think they have no issues at all probably need the most therapy. Mm -hmm. But my point is we all are messed up, but 
the question is, how do you deal with it? Mm -hmm. How do you focus and, and fix it? And I, I attribute it to diabetes. We all have diabetes. Mm -hmm. The question is, have you figured out the exact diagnosis and the right insulin to keep us level? Mm -hmm. Meaning, I've been in therapy for so long, for so many years, and it's not like oh, I'm better. No, it's just you, you just need to maintain it. You need to be constantly working on self-awareness and self-growth and self, you know, every everything. I mean, I'm always learning. Always, I always make mistakes, but I always go back to what do I know? What have I learned? Mm -hmm. What tools do I have to make me understand this situation and reacting, reacting to it based on my past mm -hmm. and my story? Mm -hmm. And how do I fix it? So I feel like I've done a lot of work, but I feel like there's always still so much work to do. It's never ending. But at least I now see, because I, I, again, I think that when you look back and do the work, if you know the why, I never really understood the why. Mm -hmm. I could say, yeah, my parents were divorced, and that, but you have to really sit with that for a while and think it through. Okay, that happened, but why does that mean that I'm like this? Mm -hmm. And that has been really helpful for me. Why did my ex-husband do the things he did? It's not just, oh, he's a surgeon. No, mm -hmm. it's deeper than that. And you got to keep mm -hmm. digging down to mm -hmm. the deep levels. Mm -hmm. And even with me, I, it's not just my parents' divorce. You have to dig deep and really understand what it was about that that affected you and how does it affect you in the relationships you're in now. And so... It's hard, but it helps. Mm -hmm. Hey there, it's Michelle. Today's episode is sponsored by me. If you're interested in speaking to me privately regarding any parenting situations one-on-one, -on -one, I offer phone consultations and online parenting courses at my website, michellegams.com, and I'd love to help. Okay, let's get back to the show. So, how can I help? Hmm. That's a lovely question. I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, there's so many ways. I'm just trying to think specifically. I'm always looking for tools. Because mm -hmm. so many people always say to me, you ask a lot of questions. And I'm like, yeah, I do, but that's my personality. I like to read. I like to learn. I like to ask questions. I like to, and there's, I feel like I've already read so many things that are good. They are good, but I'm always looking for more things that relate to me and would help me see what I can do more as a parent. Because even though I think you think you're doing the right thing, yeah, 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 you just everything changes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, my concern is the next step they start getting in relationships, you know, mm -hmm. and that's where I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, you're gonna marry your father kind of thing. I'm like, oh lord, you know, I want mm -hmm. tools to help my kids help understand. You're like, I understand me, and I think I understand them, but it's 
they evolve, mm -hmm. who they are evolves. And mm -hmm. I feel like I always am looking for tools to help me understand how to keep up with their involvement mm -hmm. so I can help them. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing I'd love to know if you have any books or tips or ideas or this website. Well, this teenage, the teenage book that sort of endorsed, I mean, there, there are so many books out there, but one that endorses kind of the philosophy that I teach in, for the younger years is yes, your teen is crazy. It's an easy one to remember. Okay. Yeah. Yes, your teen is crazy. Um, because, but it doesn't, I don't know that, I don't know that you need it because most parents of teenagers talk about how um, foreign their children have become to them. Mm. They're just sort of absent. Like, who is this person inhabiting this familiar body? Yeah. You know, and that is often a felt sense by parents. And so, anyway, it's um, the a couple things that come out of that for me that I, I think the themes. One is that um, you view them as impaired because they are yeah they're impaired they're all impaired it's an epidemic <laughs> it's true in so many ways they're it's impaired. true they are impaired and they you know you're going along and you know seven eight nine ten eleven and and it's a steady uphill climb of maturity and mm -hmm. you see this happening in development and then it becomes 12, 13, and it's like, whoop, we, yeah. we're just we're just going down now. We're going down. And then you kind of see some sometimes that 13, that we come back up, and then we're back down to nine. And then we're coming back up. And so it's this, it's this period of time that's just baffling. Mm -hmm. Like it is baffling to look at them. And it really does help if you view them as impaired because they are impaired. Truly, hormonally, like their brains are not fully developed. Right. They are impulsive. They cannot think straight. I remember asking Charlie, my son, when he did something really stupid at 17, and I said, um, Charlie, what were you thinking? Mom, I wasn't. I'm like, well, that's honest. Thank you. Yeah. I wasn't thinking. Like, that is absolutely true. You couldn't have been because it didn't make sense <laughs> what you did, you know? And so it's like, and, and so that's, that's what it's like for them to be in these bodies mm. that I don't even know what's going on for myself and imagine what that's like. So right. it's having compassion for that. But in the meantime, the other piece besides viewing them as impaired is typically helpful, a helpful perspective for any parents of teenagers, just and, and, and there's compassion that comes with that because if they are impaired, they can't help it. They can't help it. And they're going to emerge. And so it's love them and take care of yourself because they're going to emerge and they do, they emerge. And but so it's hanging on. My concern is though, they, they do that. They're not thinking, Yeah. but they can make some life altering changing Yes, they can. Stupid decisions. That's, that's the danger of being a teenager. They're permanent decisions yes. that can occur. And that's what scares me because I do understand that until they're, what, 22, they don't understand the frontal lobe not developed. They don't understand the implications of long and long-term implications of poor choices. Mm -hmm. So how do you get someone who's impaired and not capable of understanding the short, the, oh, my God, your life is over if you do this stupid choice? Mm -hmm. 
you know, like, luckily my kids have never done drugs, but I know of people whose kids have been arrested for having drugs. I'm like, oh my God, mm -hmm. like, how do I get my kids to know, don't do it, but don't ever be around it. Like, how do you get them to understand you could be arrested? This could be, you know, there's so many other things. Like they could drink and drive or get in a car with somebody drinks. Yes, all I those things are reality of teenagers and they were your reality too. Like, I don't know how to get them to grasp, grasp something that could change their life when they can't comprehend long-term. Mm -hmm. That's the danger. So, so herein, herein is how it, it lies. Exactly what you said. It's true. They're impaired. Um, they don't have the fully developed brains and they have um, impairment in their long-term thinking and they're impulsive. And then they have all these raging hormones within their body that promote some of these behaviors. So there's, there's all that going on. And, and um, there, one of the human needs you may remember is experimentation and exploration is a normal human need to experiment and explore. You can also term it curiosity. And so that is um, very benign when they're young. It's the toddler going and checking out the outlet, looking at the sprinkler system, picking up cigarette butts, you know, exploring. It becomes very dangerous when teenagers experiment and explore because their menu of experimentation and exploration can be life altering. Yeah. The sexuality, the drugs, the driving, these are weapons that can really impact a life. Yes. And so that is the terror of a, of a parenting a teenager. That's the reality. And that's normal, normal menu of choice there for them. Because again, if you think back to when you were a teenager, these are normal behaviors and it's normal to experiment. And, and yes, you're holding your breath, hoping that they emerge from this without permanent consequences. And there is no guarantee of that. And what you're doing is helpful, which is as having transparency and honesty and having conversations with your children that, that share information. Okay, so what I mean by that, Charlie was about to turn 18, three weeks from turning 18, and I said, Charlie, you know that um, when you turn 18, um, your life is gonna change. It might not feel like that, but in society's eyes, you have changed. Um, at that point, um, you have protections that I no longer am allowed to know about your health, your grades in college, any of it, the, you, there's HIPAA. You have these protections now. And also, you are no longer juvenile. If anything happens to you, I can't save you. Like you're no longer, you are considered an adult in society's eyes. So I'm giving him this information talk. He starts smiling and he looks at me and he goes, so basically, mom, what you're saying is whatever I want to do, do it in the next three weeks. <laughs> it sounds like something my kids would say. And I said, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh my God. And so it's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, dude, your life is going to change that day. And, and I, Kelly, I'm telling you <laughs> the morning after he turned 18, something happened for me. I felt different. Like I felt a weight lifted off of my shoulders. I felt freer because I am no longer going to be who they turn to if Charlie is arrested. If Charlie's arrested, Charlie can call whoever he wants. I hope he does call me, but this is no longer, it's no longer you are responsible. He's not a minor anymore. 
he's responsible. So we're back to that accountability that you already are living in and choosing to live in. But this is, this is, I chose this. Yeah. And, and that their path is their path. And it is, is not necessarily what we want for them or what we choose, or it's not the smooth ride. It's going to be bumpy. It's going to have turns. And that is our detachment and our letting go because it has to be their path. And I wouldn't have chosen some of the, you know, turns that they've had. And that's not my path to decide. It's my path to love them no matter what. And my love is bigger for you than any mistake you will ever make. And they need to know that. Yeah. I know the only way I get through it is I always, I always remind myself, my children are through me, not mine. Like they're God's children. They're not my children. God sent them through me and, yes. and I will be their biggest cheer, cheerleader and their champion. And I'm responsible for them, but I can't control them. No, no. God gave them their life. It's their life. Yeah. But that's only why I keep saying, cause I'm just, I want to just smother them and control them yes. and keep them, yes. you know, and I'm like, okay, I got to just realize that, you know, yes. Letting go. It's a journey of letting go. That's so hard for me. Yes, it is. It is so hard. And that is our invitation as parents to continue there. You have umbilical cords. It's like a rope that has many threads and the threads need to keep being severed, not fully, but there's a lot that have to keep being severed gradually especially now at their ages, 17 and 15, that they keep being severed. That's your decision. It's up to you. You have to live in the consequences. And they have your support and your coaching to get through those because those faltering moments and those failures and those what was I thinking moments, I wasn't thinking, okay, and we'll figure it out and we'll get through this. And then they'll look back look back later and just it becomes part of the lore part of the storytelling oh mom remember when I did that yep I do son it wasn't pleasant <laughs> yep I do uh-huh I remember that yeah but I yep. think that's I think some of these parents especially around here yeah are very like yeah controlling and the bubble is just all-encompassing. And yep. I just think you're not doing your kids any favor no. by doing that. No. I know adults who still haven't had a real job and still, you know, are close to their parents, like live close and just cut the tie already. You're a grown adult from your parents. Like, you're not, and that's not loving your kids. And I think so many parents think the closer they keep and the more tabs they keep on them, they love them. And it's like, mm -hmm. you're not, no, that's for you. That's mm -hmm. not for them. Exactly. That's and I, you know, it's funny. I just last week, my son had an orthodontist appointment at three thirty, and I texted him. I said, "Oh, I forgot to tell you, orthodontist appointment at three After that's over, I'll take you to lacrosse practice. And he goes, "Well, my ankle's still kind of sore from practice last night. Can I just get practice?" I said, "That's your call. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to make that decision. It's on you. But you're gonna have to let the coach know either way. Mm -hmm. Like, and so if he goes to, you know, the game that weekend and he doesn't get to play, and he comes home, he's mad. But you made the choice to not go to practice after your orthodontist appointment." Maybe that's why you didn't get to play. You know, even those little, I think it has to come in things like that. I think Absolutely. parents are just like, no, you need to go to practice, son. Okay, like, well, well, the parent, you don't know his body. Right. I don't know his body. And I need to, I mean, he's 15. He needs to start making his own decisions. Yes, like he does. Yeah. I mean, 90% of the patients, my parents around here would be like, no, you're going to practice. But I was like, <laughs> it's your call. It's your, it's your team mm -hmm. it's your practice it's your call you have to decide it's on you but you have to let your coach know either way yep that's exactly but i think a plus parenting but it's just so and it's not really even hard for me because i'm a very kind of like 
I'm not that smothery kind of mom for the mm-hmm. most part, so it's a little mm-hmm. bit easier for me, but it just blows my mind how so many parents around here are just like, you know, mm-hmm. kids. Yes, yeah. They think that's being a good parent. Coddling. Oh, uh, yeah. Coddling. So, yeah, and so if we came back to, I was telling you in the in the um, the book, uh, Yes, Your Teen is Crazy, that impaired, viewing them as impaired, and the second piece was the theme, and it was that you must continue to be a dispassionate cop. Oh, yeah. Dispassionate cop. That comes easy for me. Yeah. It sounds like it might. It does. You know, that it's it's not, you know, intense emotions, lecturing, how could you, all of that, it, and there are consequences. The cop part is that there are consequences for this, you know, like you're discussing about lacrosse, and it's dispassionate. That's your choice. Instead of, well... You know, and how, how you know, I mean, this whole drama. I'll give you a perfect example. I make my daughter, she wants to go out at night. I'm like, that's fine, but just clean up your room before you go. Mm-hmm. And clean up the room is like, no dirty dishes, no clothes on the floor. It doesn't have to be bed made, but I just don't want to see dirty clothes on the floor. And I don't want to see dishes and food. Mm-hmm. So I said, and she knows that. She knows that, like, whatever. Basics. Yes. I'm like, you can go out tonight if you clean up your room. Mm-hmm. Ran downstairs. She said, did you clean your room? And she went out the door. Yep went upstairs and she was going to go hang out with her girlfriends that were going to hang out and then come back to our place. And then another friend is going to come over and then they're going to go out from there and then they're all going to spend the night. And she came back and I said, Ava, can you come here a second with her two girlfriends there? I said, you didn't clean your room. So there's no sleepover tonight. I said, if it's an inconvenience for your friends, they can still spend the night. If it's, in, you know, if their parents have done something, but you're not going with them from here to the next thing. Lost her mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, sorry. You knew the rules, and because that doesn't bother me. That's easy for me. I don't get too involved. She can cry and fuss, and I'd be like, sorry. I mean, I made it clear. You knew, and you have clothes all over your room, and there was a bowl of cereal and a bunch of cook crackers and stuff on your bed. So it wasn't like it there's, wasn't yeah, subtle. there's no gray area here. You, I told you to clean the room. You, you lied to me, mm-hmm. and you said it was clean, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. So That's just passionate cop sister. Yeah, I mean, you got that. Yeah, I got that down. That's easy. <laughs> That's easy for me. I don't mind that at all. I was like, we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I think that a lot of parents would be like in a discussion mm-hmm. to rationalize in their mind, okay, I don't want to be bad. You can go. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, it's all about the parent. I think bad parenting is all about the parent for themselves. Mm-hmm. Their needs. Their needs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And actually, it was better for my needs because I don't have to worry about, is she going to come home? Is she- I know she's upstairs in her room safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You get more sleep that way. I get more sleep that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I have, it, 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 it blows my mind how many patients or uh, parents don't get that part. Mm-hmm. You know, they just think, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. I took away this. I'm like, really? That's punishment? Okay. But, mm-hmm. but I think that's very important mm-hmm. to not argue. I don't argue. I'm like, no, this is it. Mm-hmm. No discussion here. This passionate cop. You are that. Yeah. I've been that forever. That's easy. That's just who I am. <laughs> oh, bad thing. No, it's serving them well and you. So the book, my teen's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, your teenager's crazy. What else? Easy one. Are there any others that you recommend? No, not that I know of right now. Teenagers, but I'm sure they're out there. I just wasn't sure if there was any. Yeah. And if there's any others that you know of that, because um, again, I think sometimes my issue is. I let my anger towards their dad things he does affect me 
and thus it affects the kids. Mm -hmm. And anything to help control, you know, not, not control anger, it's not like I have anger issues, but I just try and, I mean, recognize, mm -hmm. okay, that's making me angry and I need to really focus on me. And any books on that, mm -hmm. I think are helpful too. So mm -hmm. if you think of anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. Being a parent is hard. Yes, it is. Very hard. My mom always says, being a good parent is hard. Being a parent's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Good parent. Thank you, mom. It's, it's hard. It's true. Being, doing it poorly is easy. Mm -hmm. Doing it well is very difficult. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's true. Makes you want 12 kids, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah. How old are your kids now? 21 and 19. So that really is a great age. I mean, is it a great age? I think that's a great age. Well, yes, it is right now. They're, they're emerging. They've emerged. Um, my son began to emerge as a senior. He became more human and more normal and more humane. Humane is oh, the best way to describe it. Like that's a good one. Humane. And so, but then I held my breath um, launching him to college and in the first year, because the reality is that transition girls make it to college. They're organized. They're, they're, they're students typically more than boys are. And, and boys, if they can make it through the first year with organization, not too much drinking, stay focused on the, on the school, and, and take care of themselves, manage their time. You know, if they can make it through the first year, they're going to make it. But a lot of boys can't. Like, mm -hmm. that's uh, statistically, they, they can't get through the first year. So I was sort of holding my breath quite a bit with this launch. Where is he? And he's doing great. He's in his second semester now, and he's um, in Missouri. He's at Mizzou. And, uh, and so anyway, he, he's... Uh, in his second semester and he's getting grades and he has friends and he's joined a fraternity and he's doing, and he's happy. He's happy. And this is a kid who his favorite place was home. And so I really, I truly had no idea how this is going to go. And I didn't want him going to Purdue because that was too close for him to just have it be home. Oh, yeah. You know, like this is just too much. This is, that's not going to work. Yeah. And so the fact that he is six hours away has really, um, I, I'm amazed. He's he's thriving. That's he's doing great. great. So so now I really do feel a real sense of relief. <laughs> okay, okay. They're 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 doing fine. Like they're doing fine. That's great because my I the exact opposite. They're both good at you know studying and they get good grades, but time management they suck at that. Mm -hmm. I mean suck at time management I don't if know they're getting their grades they must not be well my son doesn't he's like his dad where you know he didn't even go to college and got a 4-0 pre-med you know those those people don't even study and get straight and then they go to class and okay and they get A's mm. which is not good I don't think no, because no, it doesn't no. teach work ethic yes that's right it just comes to me we have to work now so you know that part but in terms of time management it's not an issue with my daughter she's like okay I have a test Thursday it's Monday I need to manage my time each night and put two hours or an hour away to study. She can't grasp that. And that's, that's like me brushing my teeth. That's just innate in me. So I can't teach it. It's like me teaching someone how to, you know, talk. Mm -hmm. It just happened. I don't, 
Mm -hmm. I don't know how you teach teenagers time management. That's a big one mm -hmm. for my kids. I'm like, they're going to go well, to work. You're, you're skilled at it. You, you can only impart information. It's up to them whether they adopt it or not. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're, it sounds like imparting quite a bit of information. You know, like we were talking about, how do you, how do you keep them safe? Keep educating them about these choices that they have in front of them. And it's very normal to want to experiment. It's very normal to want to try alcohol. It's very normal to want to experiment with marijuana. It's very normal to try drugs. It's very normal to, if you're ready for sexuality, all of these things are normal teenage behaviors. Do we want them for our children? No, but if you're going to dabble in those, let's talk about healthy ways to do that. Ways so that you're Ubering and you're not driving or putting yourself in danger or anyone else in danger. How to have safe sex if this is going to be your pl your path, because that's the reality is giving information, yeah. educating and, and saying, I'm here to, if you want to talk about it, no, this is not what I would choose for you. And I do want you to be safe. I do want to help you navigate your way through this, or you give them the resources or people, or that they encourage them to talk to other people who can do that for them. If you're not willing to, I think that's the key. I'm in women's health. I've been in medical sales for a long time. I, all my friends are OBs. And so when my daughter actually, she was, before she was sexually, I mean, I don't know if she's sexually, I don't know, I don't know if she is, I don't want to know. Because I've taken care of all that. Um, like years ago, when she first got her period, she was having heavy periods, like terrible. Mm -hmm. And I was buying everything, so I know it was true. So I took mm -hmm. her to my friend who's a GYN, and I said, I want you to scare her out of her mind. And I'll leave the room. And Because mm -hmm. if it comes from an authority like that, yeah. then it's like, it's true. If it comes from me, it's like, mom. Mm -hmm. So I think it's getting people you trust who are authority and getting yeah. your kids in front of them. Yes. And getting them to understand you're going to probably do this. But in my experience as an expert, these are all the stories I see. And tell me what my daughter's eyes came out of that room. And she was like, you know, because they're going to have sex. Okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. Let's be, do smart, be smart about it and understand it can happen to you. And if you're hearing from someone that is, again, authority on this, that they see it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, I've been, I've brought in people into my kids' lives I trust, that they trust, that are, again, experts on these situations, mm -hmm. or sharing stories. I have friends who have older kids who've had specific bad things happen. I'll be like, hey, did you, you know, let me share a story with you. And if they hear it, they're like, wow, and then what happened? Mm -hmm. and if they hear a story, they're like, ooh, that really mm -hmm. could, you know? Yes. Brings it home and down because they believe that they're immortal. Too, yep. that nothing's gonna happen to them and and yep mm -hmm. you know you share a story of one kid being kicked off a lacrosse team and they're like ooh that can happen yep mm -hmm. it can happen and it will happen if you mm -hmm. do this right right so that's the yes you're doing it just keep talking to them and then giving them information and if it's not from you from somebody else so that they continue can continue to navigate this minefield that is being a teenager. Minefield, that's a great way of putting it. It is a minefield. <laughs> At any moment, you could get your leg blown off. <laughs> you got it's true. <laughs> that's why I'm telling you, I just read the sigh of relief chart. Okay, here's a story. Mm. Charlie, it's the night before he graduates from high school. And I said, hey bud, you might wanna go upstairs and you might want to get that cap and gown out of the plastic bag. I said, you might want to just like let it out. Yeah, just to sort of get the like lines out of it. You might just want to hang it up. Okay, mom. So he comes back down wearing the getup, okay? He comes downstairs wearing the getup and his sister was here, thank God. 
And so I was like, well, there he is. I'm like, oh, we gotta take a picture of you. We gotta take a picture. So I start taking a picture. I go, oh, Grace, get over there. So she, she's standing there. And I have the most beautiful pictures of them. They are laughing and smiling. Aww. And I said, here, and they're just, it, it's real, genuine. And he is, he's like, his head down, he's covering his mouth, he's laughing so hard. And what was said in that moment that made them laugh was I said, high five, you two. No GEDs and no teen pregnancy. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> That's so true, though. I was like, I mean, Woo! they're laughing. We made it. You were serious because I know that'll be running through my head when my last one graduates. Like, yeah, thank God. Yes, you know? that's exact. And Charlie um, was doubled over laughing so hard at that. And I'm like, no, no, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're graduating tomorrow for real, and nobody uh, had a GED and nobody got pregnant. That works. This work good. <laughs> but it's so true. I know. I mean, I know. That, it is. That really it is. is. And I will be doing that exact same thing in three years from May. Yes. I will. I will yes. do that same thing. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Hopefully. Avoiding the minefield that is mm -hmm. the teenage years. Yeah. And keeping yourself <sighs> together. Yes. Because I do think that, you know, so many times parents put their kids before themselves and then their mm -hmm. kids leave and they're like, well, now what? Mm-hmm. And I think it is really about taking care of yourself mm -hmm. in conjunction with taking care of your kids because mm -hmm. they're gonna be gone in three years and or they're gone now. And now mm -hmm. your life is beginning a new chapter that I'm excited about that chapter. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was a big dark cloud too, you know, because you don't know what it's gonna be like. And what I found is that after the heartbreak comes freedom. Because it is heartbreaking. You oh, still yeah. have these, this cord is still connected in ways that are light. It's connected and, um, and, um, you're free. Yeah. To no longer parent on a daily basis. You'll always be a parent, but to, to not be, it's not on a daily basis anymore. You don't have those pressures, those, those worries those responsibilities anymore and so if you can embrace that freedom and they're thriving and then you can thrive just them getting a license is giving me freedom i mean you know, the college is going to be hard but just them being able to drive and not have to take them everywhere they need to be that's just been life-changing for me yes freedom yes well sister you are amazing thank you i i think that a lot of this has come from my um refocus from griping and bitching and moaning to reading and learning and writing. And I have written a lot. And I found that by talking with a lot of my girlfriends who are still stuck, kind of stuck in the anger and fighting and everything they've said, you know, I want to, how do you do it? And I've taken all these notes from all these times. And like I was saying, I'm going to put it together mm -hmm. in some formal sense that makes sense mm -hmm. and say, you know, I don't know, but here are my thoughts. And if you want to read my thoughts and how mm -hmm. I dealt with it and what I learned, there you go. Cause that's going to be therapeutic for me because I've had so many wars and fights that I don't want somebody else to do that. Mm -hmm. If they can read my story and not repeat some of the stupid things I did, or maybe get some tips on things I did do, mm -hmm. that will be. What about a blog? I don't know anything about a blog. I'm okay. not. I'd love to do that. Katie's my girl. I think I need to talk to her. I don't mm -hmm. know anything about any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you can learn if we can figure that out. I love that. Mm -hmm. I 
Well, I absolutely love that because I've been through everything, you name it, in terms of a fight battle, whatever, with divorcing kids, I've, I've dealt with it. And I've got the counselor and the, the attorney to call or the CPA or the investment or the whatever. I, I mean, it's crazy the stuff I've been through. Like, I, that's literally friends have said, you should write a book. This is crazy. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to write a book. I'm going to write this down. Mm -hmm. So I should walk. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for joining us so today. Good to see you. It's really it's been it has. 13 years. It has. It has. <laughs> and it's beautiful to hear, too, that how you've you're still on the same path of redirecting children's behavior like you are you have you have lived it mm -hmm. you have yep yeah it's beautiful. It, is, it is redirecting children's behavior i did it with your help back when the kids were three and here i am 13 years later still mm -hmm. using which is tips which is all about us it's really redirecting parents behavior but it would never sell that is exactly what it is. It is not redirecting kids. It's redirecting parents' mindset. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. totally what it is. Mm -hmm. That's what I do, is help parents. That's so funny. It's exactly what you do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it would never sell, because it's only that child. It's, it's so that child. It's funny. that one kid. I'm here for that one kid. OK, great. Come on. Help. Come on. I'll help you with that one kid. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it's fabulous. It's a big secret. No, that's the big truth. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. It is. Wow. Yeah. That is so funny. So what are your other, um, are you stuff? That's okay. What are your other books that you're working on now? What do you mean? That I'm writing? Yeah. Oh, the book I'm writing. Okay. I'll tell you about that. And then I also wanted to tell you a book for you. I just want to tell you offline, um, because I don't want to introduce this whole spirituality, God, Christianity, onto this piece if people don't want it so that I'm sure you take it out. But I would recommend, um, uh, the course in miracles made easy. Okay. Course in miracles made easy. Course in miracles you is not easy. Here. There's a posted over there. Yeah. It's not easy. The course in miracles is a book that people pick up and they go, Oh my God, just put that down. Cause it's just too, it's very heady and you need help and you need groups and you need teachers to take you through that. But if you just started, let's with, do a group with course in miracles. Yeah. Um, made easy. Just see how you feel about it. Like, as I tell you, loving what is, yes, is that's very difficult. Yes. Oh, it is. It's an easy read though. I'm telling you, Course in Miracles is not an easy read, but the, oh yeah, yeah doing the concept of okay. it, it is really, it's like turning your head upside down. Thank you so much. So you're saying the work of this is, oh, or the read of this is, the read is no, the read is easy. Well, of, of the Course in Miracles made easy. That book is what I'm saying is would be a good, just, just see what you, it's an easy one to read and see what you think. You can go as deep as you want to into the course in miracles. I'm just giving you okay. an intro okay. that would be a good, a long, if you're on these, if you're on this path and on these lines, that's what I would say. Okay. So, and then I'll tell you what my book is and I am finishing it now. And then I have to figure out how to publish and what to do with that. But I'm, I, I was doing it yesterday and I'm committed to finishing it this week. And then it's a whole different journey of now what, but, um, it's a, it's a simple concept that I want all parents out there. And you, you just, you highlighted you, it'll make sense. It's a simple concept that I want all parents out there to know that in every interaction with your children, you have options A through D a is textbook, best case scenario. If you have the time, the patience, 
the wherewithal to execute A, do A. This is textbook, best case, do this. Mm -hmm. B is the good enough option. It's like your daughter cleaning the room. I just need to be good enough. I don't need the 10. I don't need to be perfect for grandma to stay in the bed. I just need it to be good enough. Mm -hmm. So this is given the context of everything that's going on in this moment right now. This is my best shot at this moment. And I feel good enough. I feel good about it because it's good enough given the realities of everybody's resources right now, especially mine. C is do no harm. C is shut the hell up. C is lock yourself in the bathroom, parent. C is take a walk. C is go work out. C is go to yoga. C is read a book. C is do nothing, okay? Do no harm. And D, you're laughing. <laughs> you're laughing. Yeah. And then to C, that's what I'm laughing. What? You've been to I've C? been to C. Yes, you do, do no harm. C is, C is beautiful. C is beautiful. And then there's D. Just don't do D uh, and we're good. It's perfect parenting. D is harm. D is yell at them, spank them, harm them, shame them, humiliate them. That's D. So just don't do D and what's perfect parenting. But I want parents to know A through C are all stellar options. That it doesn't have to all be A because everybody out there in this Instagram culture believes that it has to all be A. And if it's not, I'm really not doing a very good job as a parent. I go, okay, B, did you do B? B is great. You did C? Fabulous. That is success. We didn't do D. That's all we're trying not to do is D. And at the times you do D, repair it. The problem is, fix it. E. What about E? <laughs> I don't know. There's e. an E. What's that e? parent who's doing D and doesn't even know he's doing D. Oh, okay, yeah. Thank you for There's that. There's a lot of E's out there. Okay, yeah. I'll write the prelude okay. or the okay. post log. I will. Or Thank post, you. Uh, post lube. What's, yeah. what's the last epilogue? The prelude and the epilogue. Is epilogue the end? Epilogue's the end. Mm -hmm. I, I was okay. married to E. Okay, they don't even know. Yeah, well, no, they're doing D. They're doing harm. But they don't think they're doing harm. That's so fine. you can't fix that. Well, they're doing, no, but they think they're watch. doing B. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing B. They come oh, in yeah. to see you. I'm doing B. I'm doing B. Yeah. And well, that's the reality is. to deliver the bad news. No, but you got to check with the parent. You got to check with the child. Right. Let's have a conversation with the child. Oh, after talking with your child for a half hour, actually, sir, you're doing E. Right. Yeah. I'll yeah. another book because. Okay, so. So that is my, so that's, that's my awesome. simple, simple in our culture. Like I truly want every parent to have this simple. And so when I teach it to parents, they come back and they go, Michelle, I didn't do D. <laughs> and it's like the most simple thing that they then give themselves space and permission. Yeah. You know, and it's like you have permission that it's still great parenting. You're good. We're all good. And so the part for me has been, I have to write all the A's. I've been writing all the A, all the chapters, all about A, and here's B, and then we all know what C and D are now. Like after, you know, I'm on chapter 18 now. So it's like, like, here's what A is. And I say in the book, you don't have to read any further. You got it. This is the what I need you to know. I just need you to know this concept. If you want to know what A's are, keep reading or read the chapters you want to read. But otherwise, I just want every parent to give themselves a break that you do not have to be perfect. Yeah. In fact, all of those are great. We just need to not do D. And we need to start with worrying about what's going on in our house and not worrying about what the neighbors are doing and what Susie's friends are doing. And we need to refocus on what's right for us and not mm -hmm. doing the comparison. Yes. And I think that so many times people say, oh, Facebook and Instagram is making it hard for teenagers. Parents are just as guilty. Mm -hmm. 
and they put a lot of pressure on their kids to be something their kids aren't or don't want to be because they see these other families doing these things which aren't real and we can preach it to our kids but we don't own it ourselves it's like let your kid be who wants to be and don't make them keep up with the Joneses because we see this family as what it isn't but in our mind it is and again it's our it all comes back to here and not putting this pressure on kids ourselves Good girl. Good girl. Thank you so much. Oh, we need to get together again. I I have so many people I'd love to like get in like a small group. So if you ever do something like that, Mm -hmm. like a book club or a whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and more about the moms, like Mm -hmm. your, your focus is on kids, but your, your, your knowledge can go beyond that to Mm -hmm. the moms and Mm -hmm. Because really, it is about the parents, right? It all is and about parents. I would love to do a group like that. Just moms who are just real. Mm-hmm. I'm an authentic person. Mm-hmm. I what never you said see it is would what be you get. easy. You might not like I only said it would see. be worth it. That's okay. Peace we all don't have to love each other exactly there. what we are. But I, I just I want authentic people in my life. And I think it would be fun. If you'd to like to be a guest on our together. podcast, it's you can email Katie at getparented.com. Katie is K A T I E at getparented.com. And if you didn't catch that, the email is listed in the notes from this episode. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please leave us a review and hit subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for joining us here each week. The fact that you are listening to these indicates that you already are an intentional parent doing the very best that you can. Keep it up. See you next time.